Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. All right. It's good service already. I like those because it takes all the pressure off my preaching because it don't matter almost no more. When you experience the presence of God in a real way, I think that that is what changes everything. Um, this morning, if it is your first time here, my wife busted me up said, you didn't say nothing about the Connect cards. I said, I'm a work in progress, working through this. So if it is your first time here, um, we, we want you to fill out a Connect card. Let us know you're here. If you've, been, if you've been attending for a while and you haven't filled out one of those Connect cards, Please fill out one of those connect cards. That's the best way for us to connect with you and to uh, just know that you're here, give you a phone call and say thanks for worshiping with us. So um, this morning before we jump in, I meant to do it last week. I completely forgot. So we took up a love offering as a church for Casa Hogar. And uh, there was actually a little bit more that came in after the fact. But the last number I had was $3,747. So I would say add another... 300 to that maybe. So we're, we're looking at right at almost $4,000 that you guys gave to impact uh, the, the, the children's home in Mexico. So that's a big deal. I always get excited about when I see the church give and we will never know, but maybe we'll know the impact of that giving. So I want to encourage you always be a generous giver. You don't know what type of reward and what type of return seed sown will sprout unto. You know, there is, a, there is a command that it says some go to 30, some go 40, some get 100-fold. So I really believe that there is a 100-fold return in that harvest that we invested in, in supporting that. So thank you so much. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? That's a good thing. That's an awesome thing, that we can be a generous church, that we can be a missions church, that we can give and give radically. When I look at numbers like that, that's radically. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of money. So we're super excited about that. So this morning, we are in week two of our series titled, What's in the Box? Um, how many of you have ever been the recipient of a horrible gift? Now, before you raise your hand or before you look at your spouse or your friend, make sure you, you, know, you know who gave you that gift, what that gift was. But if you've ever received a horrible gift, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're kind of discouraged or you got something you didn't think you were going to get, right? I remember I was convinced when I was younger that I was going to get a go-kart and I got a little puppy instead. <laughs> right now, as a child, you're like, well, isn't a puppy cool? Yeah, not, unless your mind was stuck on that go-kart, right? So sometimes we don't get the best gifts. Sometimes we get good gifts. But I want to start off this, this weekend with two strong statements. Number one, God gives us great gifts that he has predetermined for each of us to have. Gives us great gifts. That's the first statement. The second is God gives good gifts to each of us because he is good. He gives according to his nature. Now, it's really cool how this service has unpacked it because the nature of God, the character of God, reflecting on who he is. And the clearer we know who he is, the, the better understanding of when we see a gift that we know it's from God. How many of you have gotten good gifts from God? You've seen them, you've lived them, you've been a, the benefactor of them. They have been given to you, this predetermined plan. So this morning we're going to look at realizing that there are gifts that God gave us that were predetermined. That we talked about a little bit last week about how, you know, God designed us before we were created, before we were in our mother's womb. And the same thing applies to the predetermined gifts that he has for us. 
He said, here's the design and here's the predetermined gift that I'm going to give this individual to complement the design. He creates the design, he creates the gift, and he gives them specifically to us. And each of them are different. Sometimes they're similar, but most of the time they are unique. So we realize our design has to begin with unpacking the gift of God. Let me tell you also, God does not make junk. Everything that he gives or creates is good. There are no defects. There are no mess-ups. There's no broken toy, right, you know, coming out of, you know, Santa's factory that's flawed. He, what is coming out of heaven's gates is beautiful, it's created, and it's created on purpose. So the same thing applies to the gifts of God. The gifts that God gives us, they're predetermined. They are great gifts. And I, I, would, I would challenge you that if you have not begun to unpack those gifts, it's time to start unpacking those gifts, so there's many of us that have already begun to unpack those, but I believe that there are gifts also that he wants to give us. So in God's gracious nature, he's determined ahead of time what gifts he was going to give to us. And he also created our design and they were pieced together to help us to realize a little bit more of our purpose. Because if we understand our design, if we understand our predetermined gifts, those, all of those things point to what we're called to do, what we're called to be, and, and what God really kind of needs us to be, okay? So I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. So how many of you have ever thought about the concept of a pre-arranged marriage? Anybody? Man, I got some hands. For real? Like, I didn't know that, some, like, you know, that, that was something that we think about or whatever. But So I want us to just for a minute think about what would be the requirement. Do you know that India, Korea, Japan, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and China, that these countries, that arranged marriage is still considered traditional? That's still something they do. They plan ahead of time. They figure out, hey, matchmaking 101. I don't know how they work it out or what the plan is, but think about it just for a moment. What would be necessary for you today to be okay with a prearranged marriage? If you're already married, be careful how you, what you say, right? <laughs> well, I would have. Okay, hold on. So hypothetically, we're all single, and then we've been asked to agree to a prearranged marriage. What would have to be in place to make sure that we were okay with that? So first and foremost, complete trust of whoever's figuring it out for me, right? I have to trust that what they're doing and what they're putting together is good. How many of you know there needs to be a willingness? Because yeah. you can say, you ain't making me do nothing. Like, you know, that would be, you know, if I'm, not, if I'm against it, but a willingness. Um, a surrendering of your rights. It's not up to you. It's predetermined. Somebody else is determining what is best for you. How many of you know that's hard to do because the culture we're in today, guess what? I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it. Right? It's what I want. It don't matter really, you know, what you want. So that would be, we'd have to surrender our rights. A release of control. Unwavering confidence in what they are deciding is best. You agree with that? We'd have to be, completely have our mind made up that all of those facets would have to be in place. Now, what about God's prearranged purpose and gifts for you? Can you trust that God knows best? Because I think sometimes if we realize that, then we're okay with whatever God gives me. If he gives me a great abundance of gifts, awesome. That's what God needs to give me. Or if he gives me just one or two, I need to realize that's still what's best, right? We have to realize that God is perfect in every way, and he knows what we need. How many of you know there's a big difference between need, needs and wants? What we need is the right gift that God has given us. 
what we want is not always the gift that God has given us. Amen? We have to realize that, you know, and I've seen it, you know, if you got multiple kids, you know. So it, during Christmas time, it's funny because our kids open their gift, but they're also eyeing the gift to the left and the right. You know, you ever done that? Or let's say you're opening the socks and underwear, but big brother over here is opening the electronic Game Boy or whatever, like the fancy thing, and you're just like, you got to get rid of the gift. There is value in every single gift, right? How many of you over the years have learned the importance of the socks and underwear? <laughs> Initially, it seemed like a bum gift, but there is an actual need for those even over the things that we sometimes think that we want, right? What we need is different from what we want. But let me tell you what, an unopened gift is useless, if we never open the gift, if we never look at the gift, there's two things that happen. Uh, you'll never really receive the joy of receiving the gift, and the giver of the gift doesn't get the joy either. You know, one of my most exciting moments is when my children are open the gift, or if you're at a birthday party, I still like opening gifts, you know, watching kids open gifts from us at birthday parties, right? Now, I sometimes got to say, hey, baby, what'd we buy them? But... We know we got them something. Hey, that's from us. It's like, oh, that's a good gift, right? But the joy is the receiver of the gift, but also me as the giver of the gift, watching the joy when they're satisfied or they're excited, like, oh, I've always wanted one of these, or what is it, right? You know, there's always, there's sometimes two different responses, but let me tell you what, if we give perfect gifts or if God gives perfect gifts, it will always be satisfying. It will always be a joy. And sometimes it will be what we need, not what we want. And it will take just a little bit of time to realize, guess what? God, that was a great gift. Even in the initial phases of where we didn't realize the value of the gift. You know, that's another thing. That the gifts that God gives us, they were costly. They weren't free. They weren't just easily given. There was a price tag paid. And we're going to look at that on the tail end of this message. There was a price tag paid for you to receive all of these gifts. All right? So we have to realize we have to open the gift. We have to look at the gifts. The, God, the gifts that God gives us are intended to be used and enjoyed by each of us. He never gave us a gift and said, hey, just leave it in the box. Just leave it there. Let it collect dust. We are to use the gifts that he's given us and to bring him joy and pleasure as we use those gifts. But these gifts are predetermined. He had a plan. He had a purpose. He bought them way before Christmas morning. Have you ever been there, done that? What happens when we buy a gift last minute? Sometimes we are not intentional with that gift, right? It's like, man, that'll work. Just get it. We got to just get something. God didn't do that. Before you were formed and fashioned in your mother's womb, he created you by his design. And then he created you with predetermined gifts that he would give you. And then if we look at, if we look at that slide number three or four that has those outlines, so we have our design we realize that he has determined, and then we discover a little bit deeper, and then we have to develop all of these gifts. So that, that's going to be the outline of all of these things we talk about. But you have to determine what God has given you. How many of you have a hard time knowing what those gifts are? Handful of you. we got to figure out what's in that box, what God has given us today. Because an unopened gift or a gift without instructions is going to be really hard to use. Each of these gifts and the design work hand-in-hand hand with what God wanted and what the Holy Spirit wanted, and these gifts complement your design. So what's in the box? I'm so glad you asked. I don't need any volunteers last week, but I was really happy with how it all worked out last week. 
We talked about our design, our shape, realizing what shape are you. I need to know if I'm a green square. I need to know if I'm a red triangle. I need to know if I'm a blue clover. And if I'm a blue clover, I can't be frustrated that I'm not a green square. We can get so distracted looking at somebody else's shape and design that we never focus on what our shape and our design is, okay? So secondly, we got to realize that God gives great gifts. And as I unpack those gifts, I see the gift. But what did I say? God does not make what? Doesn't make junk. Now, if when you know what this logo is or what this picture is or what this models, you know, you know the value of these things, If you have ever bought an Apple product brand new, they got you. It's very expensive. It's very highly valued. It's costly. It is a great gift. If you ever have a gift show up with this Apple logo on it, that is a great gift. God gives great gifts. And you know what I love so much about Apple? It's very expensive, but the longevity. They just don't break. Man, we have equipment we're using around the church that is decades old and still functional. If you buy a PC, they don't tend to last that long. Right? But they've done some stuff with this branding. When you see an Apple logo, it's valuable. How many of you got an Apple logo in your pocket? Right? They got you. Right? Valuable. But how many of you know the gift and the value of something is determined by what? By what we pay. Uh-huh. You're like, man, I want to talk about that. I'm still making payments on my phone. It's that bad. It's that valuable. It's that costly where they have payment plans for Apple products. If you're, if you're making payments, you know what I'm talking about, right? But it's valuable. Apple products, they are great gifts. They are expensive. They are dependable. And they are awesome to get. Amen? So the gifts of God, they're valuable. They're good. There's something to be excited about. And I tell you what, when you unpack whatever's in the box, it is full of creativity. It is full of purpose. You're not going to open it and be like, well, that was a waste. There's things that my Apple TV do that I still don't know that it does. I'm finding stuff all the time. And guess what? There's this software upgrade thing that they'll upgrade something and it makes it more feasible. I can grab my remote and I can talk to it and it'll pull up whatever I want it to do. I don't even have to be able to type it. It's amazing, the integration. It is great gifts. It is awesome gifts. So this morning, we are going to look at three types of great gifts that God gives us to discover our purpose. When we look at those gifts, we realize this is the gift. I should use the gift I've received. Amen? If this is the gift I've received, I should use it. If this is the gift that you've received, you should use it. If you realize your design and your gift and you put those two things together and you start working in that direction, we will move in the direction of discovering our purpose. So we're going to look at three great gifts this morning that were predetermined. Number one are service gifts. Well, pastor, what do you mean by service gifts? Now, I'm going to guarantee you that you at least get one or more of these. Service gifts. In Romans 12, 6 through 8, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And he begins to map it out. What are some of these gifts? If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, 
then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it with diligence. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So what do we have? We have prophesying, we have uh, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, and releasing mercy. These are gifts of God given to his people. These are gifts that God has bestowed, that he's, that he's given us. And with each of these gifts, there's an action. If it's serving, guess what? We should serve. If it is giving, then we should not just give, but what does it say? Give generously, right? We should be thriving in these gifts of service, whatever it, whatever it applies to you. If I went through that list and one of them said, oh man, that's what I am. Now, I tell you what, I, I've been around a few people with what you call the encouragement gift, and I love those people. It don't matter where you're at, how your day started, with or without coffee, they're going to make your day better. They're always going to see the cup half full. They're going to be excited. They're going to always say, hey, but look what you get. And man, they're just going to encourage you to where you were discouraged and you left encouraged. It is, it is, it is the, the wave of what they create, of who they are, and it just bubbles out. Some of those people that you're around that are always happy may be an encourager. They're like, man, what's wrong with you? You didn't get that gift, but they got that gift. But I'll tell you what, the ones that didn't get that gift, they need that gift in their life. <laughs> just makes you a little more happy. Makes you a little more excited. They're always causing you to just... And if you're around them, you know what? You can't get enough of it. You know, I had a pastor uh, at Pastors University that I went, through, went to uh, this last, uh, last previous year. And he was an encourager. And I was like, man, I've been around encouragers, but not like that. And everything, I, everything that I said, he would like flip the coin on me and be like, well, you know, I'm just frustrated about this. But he says, hey, yeah, but look at this. It's like, okay, next topic. Well, wait, what about this? He said, oh, yeah, but look at that. You, and everything turned into an encouragement in amongst my discouragement. And it was just a blessing, and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, man, I'm glad this guy showed up because I got it a lot better than I thought. We got any complainers in the house? That ain't a gift. <laughs> A complainer. So it's not one. So it wasn't one of the ones listed. Okay. So whatever it is, use it. A different way to say it is use the gift that is in your hands. Uh, Romans twelve six. It says, "In the grace God has given us different gifts uh, for doing certain things well." That's the New Living Translation. He's given us a way of doing things well. That that's the gift that He has. Many of us are so concerned about getting more gifts that our hands are already full with gifts that we have not even used yet. So, so that's what I look at, like if I'm stuck between an Apple TV and an iPhone, I want another gift. Well, I can't even hold another gift without fumbling something, right? It would be advised, use this gift. If I get bored with that one, hey, man, guess what? I doubled up. God gave me two. And I have untapped potential in either of these. This one, it's at least out. It's programmed. It's loaded. Guess what? This is still in the box. Hadn't even plugged in. It's like, man, this is dumb until you know what it can do. A lot of our gifts are like that, but we're so busy with having our hands full with gifts and we haven't used any of them and we're asking for more, right? It's like a kid trying to take another bite, but his mouth's full. What are you supposed to do? Swallow what you got, eat the food that's in your mouth before you shove more in there. We do this the same way with gifts in our lives sometimes. We want more and we haven't even taken or used what we already have. I've seen God release gifts of new measure because of stewardship with the gifts that are already in hand. That when you, when you steward what he's given you well, be it significant, may it be something that's really just kind of 
common maybe in your own eyes, if you will use that gift well that he's given you, I have seen God's increase of multiplication in that gifting or a releasing of more gifts. Because if you're going to use gifts well, God will continue to release gifts. He says he, had, he lavishes good gifts on his children. Gifts with an S. Not just one, but I can guarantee you God has already given you one today. He did not jip you. He didn't shortchange you. The devil wants you to think that. But maybe this morning, this is what your life looks like. It's a, it's, it's, your gifts have, are still in the box. They haven't been unraveled. They haven't been unpacked. You don't even know what it is yet. Today, if you open the box, you'll begin to see those gifts. You'll begin to understand those gifts. God is a God who created you by design, but he's also created you with gifts. And that design and those gifts, they should meet together. You know, David was encouraged uh, to, to put on battle armor and a helmet when he fought. Um, but he was not familiar in fighting that way. In 1 Samuel 17, it says that a sling and stone were his, his weapons of choice. It says he wore this battle armor and he kind of fling, he kind of just, he, man, it was heavy, it was bursting. It wasn't what he was used to. It wasn't what he was gifted and familiar with. Well, let me tell you what, a sling and a stone, you got to get familiar with that kind of weapon. And the same is true if you're given armor and a helmet and a sword, you got to get familiar with those gifts. But what the example I want you to get here is David used what he got, not what somebody else assumed he needed. Tell you what, if I'm going to go up against a giant... The helmet and the sling, or the shield and the sword make more sense. But guess what? If I'm not, tra- if I'm not trained in that and I'm not familiar with that, it's not going to guarantee the success. But an unraveled gift, a gift that, used, that is used and understood, can be used in a way that is precise, that is accurate, and accomplishes that for which it was designed. And he used what was considered maybe a boy's toy, right? You know, that's, that's what I consider slingshot. But he used that to take down a giant. But he faithfully used the gift that he was given rather than in what somebody else thought the gift should be. And he thrived in that, took down the giant. One thing we have to ask the question of whenever I use a gift, uh, am I using it to excel? Am I using it to really bless the Father's heart? Is it bringing glory to God? The gift that I've received, do, do you ever ask the question, Lord God, did I please you with this gift? Did I use this gift to my full potential? Because ultimately, that's the number one thing that matters. Did you bring God pleasure in the gift that he gave you? Now, secondly, you should be bringing pleasure to others because I believe that those gifts encourage others. But first and foremost, did you use the gift that you were given? It's like the example that I, that I used last week. If, I, if every time I showed up, if I brought a new gift... And every time I showed up, the gift was still in the box. Then perhaps I'm going to quit bringing gifts because you're not even opening what I'm bringing. It's going to frustrate me a little bit. Because God picks good gifts. He gives us great gifts ahead of time. you got to use your service gifts to bring glory to God. Be sure to give him the credit in whatever you do. I think a lot of times that's, that's something we're guilty of. Uh, we, we serve in a way or we use those gifts to glorify ourselves rather than glorifying God. I think a, a gift well understood in who it came from, it's easy to give gratitude to the person, right? It's when we think, oh, well, that's just me. That's my gift. That's something I develop. Man, I'll tell you what. God has given us the ability to learn, to develop, to breathe, to work, to walk, all of these things. 
Be very, very careful if you're looking at a gift and you're giving yourself personal glory. Because that is not where the glory needs to lie. Colossians 3.24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord, uh, Lord Christ you are serving. Like I said, many people make the excuse of not using what God gave them. And you know what they do? They, they don't use it. it well, God's already given them gifts. And you know what people say? This is something that's said often. Well, I'm just waiting on God. Okay. Oh, uh, for what? Okay. I'm waiting on God. How many, how, many, how many of you have ever said that? I'm waiting on God. Therefore, I'm doing nothing. So I want to challenge you with something this morning. If you are waiting on God, there is something you should do. If you're waiting on God, you should do what waiters do. What do waiters do? They sit there and do nothing. If you are going to be waiting on God, do what waiters do and serve. That should be your response. You should serve, and you should serve well. I've never had a waiter says, oh, well, I'm just here waiting. They're doing something in the waiting. They are serving in the meantime. They are finding anything. How many of you have ever had a great waiter wait on you? Man, they don't let that cup get empty. It's like, hey, I'm good, man. Like, leave me alone almost, right? You need a little bit more drink? Man, I only drank this much, dude. Like, let me... Can I get you some more? You know, is it good? I mean, they are just waiting. They are waiting. They are just looking for the opportunity to what? To serve. So this morning, you are not saved by service, but you are saved to serve. That is in your job description. That is a gift that God has given us to serve and to serve well. Find somewhere to serve. If you don't know what God has specifically asked you to do or what he's led you to do, don't sit there and be like, well, I don't know, Pastor. I'm just waiting to, I'm waiting to open my box. Well, guess what? If you ain't got the box or you haven't opened the box or you don't see the box or you don't see the gift, serve in the meantime. Find something to do. Say, man, how can I serve? If you don't know what to do, just copy somebody that looks like they're serving. You know, that was always the strategy at work. Said, man, you don't want to be asked to do something you don't want to do? Look busy. Oh, I got to go over here and... Go eat my lunch. Like, act like it's real important. Look busy. That's what it should look like in the meantime if you don't know what your gift is. Once you realize what your gift is, guess what? Get busy using your gift. So there's no excuse. I'm waiting on God. Well, I'm man, good. It's a good place to be. A lot of opportunities out there. Because if I've been called to preach, I got to preach. And I can't get distracted with all of these other things. But if I don't know I'm called to preach, then it's, it's kind of fair. I can kind of do whatever right now because I don't really know specifically what it is. But in the meantime, I serve. You have to realize that those gifts are a gift from God. Use them to bless others in him. So number one, we have those service gifts. And those really bring God honor. Secondly, we have ministry gifts. And like I said, like the previous one, you are guaranteed to at least get one or more of these. It says God gives every believer a spiritual gift or gifts to be used in ministry so we can help and build each other up. You're going to at least get one. God is, I'm telling you, God is not going to jip you, right? There's going to be something that God gives you that he wants you to use. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, and then 11 in the New Living Translation 
It says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help others or for the common good of others. It is one and only the only spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So did you get that last part? He alone determines what you get. Okay, so just know we're talking about ministry gifts here now. So it's gifts, but they're a little bit different. It's not what you think. It's not what your parents think. It's not even what your friends think, the gift that you should have. It is the gift determined by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. So we're going to look at these nine gifts real quick, just in what they are. We're not going to unpack all of the gifts, how they work, how they function, but there's nine of them. There's three revelation gifts. There's three power or demonstration gifts, and there's three vocal or inspiration gifts. And when we look at these, the revelation Revelation gifts are the eyes of God, the power gifts are the hands of God, and the vocal gifts are the mouth of God. So when we look at these, that the, the revelation gifts, it, it gives us a message of wisdom, a message of knowledge, and a distinguishing between spirits. You're like, man, what are we talking about? Distinguishing between Distinguishing between spirits and stuff. You got some spirit stuff talking about? Absolutely. This is these are spiritual gifts. These are ministry gifts. The power gifts. This is faith. Gifts of healing and miraculous power. These are all predetermined by the Holy Spirit. These, these, are, these are given to encourage and to build up the body. And then the three vocal gifts, which is prophecy, speaking in different kind of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Oh, man, Pastor Noe done talking about tongues now. It's scriptural. It's in the Bible. Why are we to forbid it if it talks about it? Oh, we don't want to talk about it. What's in there? It's made one of the nine. Top nine, it's in there, right? So, so we have to realize that each of these are given by the Holy Spirit. These are, these, are, these are the work ministry gifts. It allows the people of God to be edified. But it says, for the common good. I want us to continue to think about that. These gifts, when they are used, are for the common good. They benefit all of us. It's like I bought the fireworks and I let the fireworks loose. And guess what? We all benefit from the gaze of the fireworks, right? You ever done that? I love when my buddies like to spend a lot of money on fireworks because I hate spending a lot of money on fireworks. But it's a benefit to all of us when they go, hey, I'm going to go light it. All right, buddy. $100. Gone, right? We all benefit from that gift, from that contribution, right? We all benefit. We all get to see it. It's a beautiful, glorious thing. It always edifies the church. It, it, so we got to realize that three of these gifts always see something. They see in the spiritual, they understand in the spiritual. They are, they are the spiritual discerners of the big picture. Then there are three that do something. They actually do something. These are the hands of God. And then there are three that say something that have to be vocalized. They have to come forth. It's prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. In this passage, it says, pray for even the greater gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Now eagerly desire the greatest, greater gifts. If there are greater gifts, there's also greater insignificance. You know, because I thought about that. Ask for the greater gifts. There are some that are more significant than others. There are those that are preferred versus others. So if I just had the gift of tongues, let's camp there just for a minute. If I just had the gift of tongues, how many of you, it's, it's of no benefit unless somebody has the interpretation of tongues. That's right. right? Be like me talking in a language you don't under, understand. You, I guess you would say amen because you're hoping I'm preaching the gospel, right? But, amen. I don't know what pastor said. You're going to leave, scratch your head, right? So inter tongues with interpretation are the equivalent of prophecy. 
But prophecy is cool because prophecy is in English. It's understood. It doesn't need an interpretation. And it says in the Bible that pray that you would prophesy more than tongues unless tongues has an interpretation. Then they're equal. So for tongues, you have to have an interpretation. But for prophecy, you don't. So if I was just comparing those three, prophecy is more effective. and It's, more, it's, it's one of the greater gifts of those three unless I have a two-for-one special that gives me the interpretation. You got that? So let me clarify real quick because anytime I talk in, about tongues, I derail people. Well, I thought it says I'd rather you talk in English than talk in tongues. Let me tell you what. Of these nine gifts, these nine are for the body edification. It's so that everyone is encouraged. So there is a, this is one of the, the, the spiritual gifts to edify the church. But there is, a, there is a scripture in Jude that says, Pray in your most holy faith, building yourself up in the most holy faith. That is your personal prayer language. Guess what? A personal pray, prayer language in tongues, it still comes from the Holy Spirit. The function and the goal of that gift is personal versus corporate. So you got to realize what is both, Right? Paul even says, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but when I'm among you, I would rather have an interpretation than just speak a thousand million words in tongues. So he gave the guidance. He gave the clarification. So make sure we're separating those two. When I talk about tongues, don't use those all mosh-bosh together. Uh, When I'm talking about these nine gifts, this is for corporate encouragement. This is for the common good of all. This is a gift that God gives for the work of ministry. And we should be expecting... All nine of these to be functioning in a church that is being led by the Spirit of God. Because why would he say, oh, I'm only going to give you three of the nine. Come on, Lord, I want all of them. But guess what? If I don't have tongues, I can't use tongues. And if I don't have interpretation, I can't use interpretation. But guess what? If you got tongues and you got interpretation, we can use it because you can speak in tongues, you can get the interpretation, and we can all be edified. But I think that's how he sets it up. He gives you a gift and he gives me a gift and he gives him a gift and all the gifts work together to edify for the common good of all. Because if he gave me all nine, guess what? I don't need none of y'all to have no gifts. I got them all, brother. But that's how God set it up. He didn't want you to have all the gifts because he needed us to need each other. And he wanted those gifts to be edified and to be dispersed across the congregation, across the body of believers, according to who? According to the Holy Spirit determining which gift you should have. Some good stuff. So what gift do you got? What ministry gift has God given you? If you don't know and you're waiting, serve in the meantime. So we have service gifts. We have ministry gifts. And there's one more area that I want to look like. And I'm going to call these the sustaining gifts. When I talk about the sustaining gifts, these are for your survival, for your sanity, so that you reflect the image of Christ. Um, And I'm going to challenge you that if you are a Christian, that these should all be seen in your life. Galatians 5, 23 through 23, these are the fruitful gifts. These are the sustaining gifts. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are gifts that God gives us as a deposit when we give our heart to him. We should be seeing each of these in good measure in our life. I know a lot of times we're guilty of saying, well, it's fruit, it's growing, but it's growing slow. Right? And there is a little bit of difference in that. A gift, I can use a gift right now. Sometimes a fruit has to grow, it has to be cultivated, and that is the only difference between a gift and a fruit. Right? Right? It has to be cultivated. But guess what? That seed needs to be in the ground. 
needs to be being watered. It should start growing. You know, my dad grew a peach tree in the front yard. Guess what? This year, finally, got all peaches. And we got more peaches than we know what to do with their little bitty. But, man, there's a bajillion of them. You know how long we waited for that thing? The tree was growing. wasn't bearing any fruit. You know, my dad said, man, take some of them seeds now and plant them. I was like, Dad, I don't know if I want to wait like nine years for a, a miniature peach. And I go get a full-size one from the store, right? You know, just, just like, you know, you had, to, you had to wait a long time. You know, but that fruit, when the seed remains, will cultivate fruit. It's going to happen. Fruit is similar in the gift that it's given by the Holy Spirit, but it takes a little bit of time to grow. I want to challenge you. That in your life, you're either going to produce good fruit or bad fruit. You realize no fruit is not an option. Why? Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not bearing any fruit. No, it's, it says that a tree will be known by the fruit that it bears. Now, the Bible encourages us not to judge each other, but the Bible also tells us that a tree will be known by its fruit. So, Pastor, are you telling me indirectly we can kind of judge people? A little bit. That we can see the DNA of the, of the tree based on the fruit that it bears. That if it's bearing good fruit, I can understand that it is a good tree. If, it is bad, is, if it's bearing bad fruit, I know that what? It's bad tree, right? No fruit? That's no good. It says it's useless. It's, it's not good for anything. But I believe that in our life, we are either bearing good fruit or we're bearing bad fruit. Luke 6, 44 through 45, it says, Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. And it says, For out of the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Well, pastor, I don't cuss that much. Okay, well... Something came out. Well, I don't talk like that all the time. I just didn't know you were there, Pastor. <laughs> Got caught, right? Well, I only say that when I drop something on my foot and it hurts really, really bad. Right? How many of you know that when we're squeezed, whatever's on the inside comes out? Every single time. But what concerns me is not that you cussed because we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's not what shakes me. What is concerning to me that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when something is spoken, when something is said, it solidifies that which is in the heart. And if it's in the heart, that's what I got to be worried about. I got to say, Lord, I know that you say the heart is, is deceptive and can't be trusted. And when I hear something like that, Lord Jesus, deal with my heart because I don't even know what's in there. And we have to ask God to change the core of who we are so that the right things will, guess what, come out. So we have to look at our life. What fruit is being revealed if we were to measure the condition of the person by the good fruit or bad fruit in their life, what would it equate to? Well, if a person is bearing good fruit, we can know that their life is full of Christ. But if they are nothing but bad fruit, maybe they are perhaps living a life absent of Christ. How many of you are convinced this morning that we want good gifts so when I break down all three, when we talk about our service gifts, we talk about ministry gifts, or we talk about these sustaining gifts, you, you've made up your mind, I want gifts. I want all the gifts that God has for me. Anybody in the room this morning? I want good gifts. How many of you got gifts in both of your hand and you haven't used them? Anybody? If there, 
I'm telling you, use what you got. If you already have those gifts in your hand, please use them. But if you've never asked, it says, it says eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly, eagerly desire the gifts of God. But I'm convinced this morning that if you will desire the gifts of God, God will freely give those gifts to you. To receive the gifts, there is a condition this morning that has to be met. It has to be met. You have to know the giver of the gift. You have to know in which those gifts come. <clears throat> Do you know my children get gifts from me that none of you get like I give to my children? What's the difference? Well, they're mine. By choice, by no choice, they're mine, right? But I give to them because they're my children. I look after them because they're my children. When my son's wearing shoes and it looks like a flip-flop and it ain't supposed to flip-flop like that, I say, son, throw those away. We need to get you more shoes. It's not safe. You're going to trip. And he's just like, it don't matter. No, I'm going to take care of my own. Those are those good gifts. Those are those proactive gifts. But if there is no relationship with the Father, you cannot receive those gifts this morning. This morning, if you do not have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you don't get the gifts in the measure I'm talking about. Will the sun come up and will the sun fade and will the rain come? Will all of these natural things that God has established come? Absolutely. Do you have the ability to work with God or apart from God? Absolutely. But to receive his good gifts, his, 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 his fruit gifts, his, all of these gifts that I'm talking about this morning, you have to know Father God. You have to know the giver of the gifts. Philippians 1, 9 through 11 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more in fruit. I'm going to add that in there. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. I, that's maturity. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives, justified lives, just as if you've never sinned against God until the day of Christ's return. It says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. When we're filled with the fruit of salvation, when our righteous character is produced in our life, by who? Jesus Christ. In that, this will bring much glory and praise to God. Can you stand with me? Today, you have to know the giver of the gifts. The Bible talks about that today is the day of salvation. That today is the day that, 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 that God wants you to come into his heavenly kingdom so that he can lavish all of these good gifts to you. And guess what? You know that the gifts, he, he, man... You know, it's like he's walking up this morning and he already has the gift behind his back. And the only condition that needs to be met is we got to ask. One of the greatest gifts that God gives us is salvation. It was Jesus. It says Jesus was sent to the earth to die in our place so that we might receive forgiveness from all sin. That's a good deal. Because <laughs> I got a lot of sin. I had to write them out. So you're a pastor. Oh, I still got sin. <laughs> if I were to write out all the sins of my life, and then that paper was given to God, apart from Jesus' blood, apart from it being exempt, 
He would take that paper of my life and you know, he'd look at that list and you know what he would say to me? He would say, guilty. Guilty for all of your sins. Deserving of death, deserving of hell. And then Jesus steps in and says, whoa, 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 hold on just a minute. Let me see that paper real quick. Kind of hides it a little bit. Writes in big letters across the paper of our life. And in all those sins deserving of death, written in red, it says forgiven. And this morning, that's what Jesus wants to do in your life. He wants to forgive you of all sin and unrighteousness. It says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And in this moment, in this day, you can receive the free gift of salvation. This is something you either have in your hands or you do not have in your hands this morning. And if you say, Pastor, this morning, if I died right now and I got to heaven, I don't know what I would do. You're a little fearful of what happens when you die. Guess what? For those who are in Christ, there is no fear of what happens when I die but ensured victory. But without, the, without knowing Jesus and surrendering your life to him, you can never receive any of these gifts. And secondly, you'll never understand your purpose because your, your purpose doesn't make sense absent from Jesus. So this morning, my altar call is not to pray for more gifts, to ask for greater gifts. But my altar call this morning is a releasing of your life to Jesus because I know a life surrendered to God will inevitably release gifts in your life but a life absence of God will never you'll never see those gifts come to full fruition of what he's called them to so this morning is there anybody here that says pastor I came I didn't know I was going to hear a message like this but tell you today that I don't have this relationship with God that I need to and either first and foremost you need to give your life to him or today you need to make a new commitment and say from this moment forward I'm going to surrender to God and live to him with a full my fullest potential by the grace of God alone if that's you this morning can you just lift your hand up real quick and slip it down for me I see your hands you can put it back down anybody else today is the day of salvation salvation it's a free gift but it came with a high high price tag it's paid for in blood so this morning what I'm going to do I'm going to pray over you guys and if you raise your hand we're going to have a prayer teams available as soon as I dismiss you and I want you to come I'm not going to put pressure on you now I did see some of you raise your hand but guess what it don't matter if I saw it God saw it and if you will honor God and follow through with that commitment and what I want you to do I want you to when we release and we dismiss man how am I going to do this with this dang food stuff Lord Um, can I get the prayer team to come up church logistics man I'm going to put a little pressure on you. If you raise your hand, go ahead and come on up. I'm sorry. I was going to try to pat it. If you raise your hand, I want you to come up and get with one of these couples. and I, I want you to tell them what you want. Say, hey, I'm, I want to recommit my life to the Lord. Tell them that. If you say, hey, I want to give my life to the Lord, I've never done that. Come on. I know there's more of you.
Lord, I thank you for your spirit in this place. Father, you alone are the convictor of our hearts. God, you say, unless you draw man, there's nothing we can do to be saved. So in this moment, Lord, we release you to draw all of our hearts. truly doing and being all that God has us to be and do that we should continually see lives being turned to Jesus you know these gifts guys they're not just for the four walls of the church but they're to be used in the world in our workplace our family gatherings that they might bring glory to God we pray for you and I'm going to dismiss you Lord uh, I'm not going to use the word that we're closing because Lord you're still doing things but Father God we do yield to your presence Father, I ask that you would just be glorified in this place. God, I pray that you would be lifted up. Father, draw our heart towards you like we never have. Father, even those that have known you for a lifetime, Father, I pray that you would rekindle that passion in our heart for your presence. Father, I pray that you would just rekindle that passion, oh God. Can I get you to lead us just in a chorus? And then once we finish that chorus, I'll give you some instructions in regards to how we're going to navigate. You're still here and you're just lingering. Let's just bless the Lord's heart just for another moment.
declaration of our heart. Father, you've designed us. You've predetermined great things for us. And Father, I pray that in this church, in this body of believers, that we would walk in the fullness of those gifts that you have for us. Lord, I pray that as we go from this place and whatever we have on the agenda for today, God, that we would begin to unpack those gifts and we would use those gifts that you've given us. Lord, I pray you bless each one here, Father, for those making new commitments, those coming back to your heart. Lord, I pray that... uh, just realize there's a reset button (laughs) that just makes it easy but the same commission that Jesus gave many people he said now go and sin no more Lord I thank you that you would never ask us to do something that we cannot do so Father I pray that we would go as your examples to the world living a life of good fruit to bless you but also using those gifts that you've lavished on us with all goodness Bless us as we go, enlarge our territory and grow our faith, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.